Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. Filling in for Joe Cardosi today. He, um, I don't think he celebrated the Lakers win a little bit too hard. And it's finally set in. So he is he's out of office today. But he'll be back Friday as we host the Cavaliers. That is the Pels' next game Friday, 9 o'clock. It's going to be a late one against the Cavs on ESPN. Or you can also watch on Valley Sports New Orleans. Or listen in to Todd Graffanini on the radio call. WRNO 99.5. Of course, the Pelicans are coming off a big win at the Smoothie King Center just last night, they beat the Atlanta Hawks 116-107, three in a row. It sounds pretty nice. So today we're bringing in, obviously, Jim Eichenhofer, John DeShazer, and Todd Graffinini, our radio guys, going to break down the, the latest winning streak. And it sounds pretty good to say that the Pels are back on a win streak. Started Saturday against the Lakers, then they defeated the Sacramento Kings on Sunday, and then get that win over the Hawks on Tuesday. So, gentlemen, how are you guys? How are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Aaron. As you said, uh, three-game winning streak definitely beats the alternative. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a while uh, between wins for the Pels. So, uh, to get that win over the Lakers and get things going in the right trajectory has been really good. And it's good to see the team, you know, having fun again and the energy in the building. Even though, you know, talking to Jonas after the game last night, he said the energy really never left the building, but Obviously, when you finish games off with wins, uh, that makes a very big difference. So, again, it's good to be back on the positive side again. Yeah, you got to give them a reason to cheer, and uh, that's exactly what the team has done these last three games. I, I don't think there was any doubt in any of our minds, I would imagine, that uh, they wouldn't be able to turn it around simply because this has been a good team, and uh, we've seen what this team can do when it's relatively healthy. And even though you still don't have Zion Williamson and still don't have Dyson Daniels, Having Brandon Ingram back along with C.J. McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas is enough on most nights, and uh, and they've proven it these last couple of games. Yeah, Todd, you mentioned Jonas's comment about the energy in the building. I feel like 
the energy always was high, but it was kind of a, a little bit of a nervous energy Saturday for the Lakers game, especially going into that. And then, to me, the last couple games especially have been almost like a party. Last night was just a festive environment. People were having so much fun. Um, the Sacramento game was great because you were up by so much the whole night, so it was easy to relax and kick back in the second half and just enjoy that game. Uh, last night was a little closer against Atlanta, but I still I feel like when the Pelicans went on that surge in the third quarter that it made everyone feel like, okay, this is going to be a win as well. And It just seemed like they're getting back to the way the atmosphere was in the Smoothie King Center early in the season where you show up and expect to win, and it just seems like everyone's having a lot of fun. I mean, to give the fan base and to give New Orleans some credit here too, I feel like, I mean, I traveled a bunch of years and saw all these different arenas. I feel like maybe it's hard to measure this on average, but when to me when New Orleans is at its best in terms of the crowd volume and just how much they are into the game, it's it, it, it might be the best in the league as far as just how, you know, just like I said, how much fun everyone was having. It's It's just a different atmosphere that's hard to compare you know i've done a couple of interviews you know in the last few days and you know when you're going through the losing streak it's it really is and it's the same when you're on a winning streak when you're when you're losing like that it's like when are you ever going to win another game it's like we're not gonna i mean you know you're not gonna lose every game the rest of the season but it's also like that when you're winning it's like you know bring on anybody you know Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll take them on but I really believe when you're going through a stretch like that, you kind of have to hit rock bottom before you go back up. And I, I think that Washington game on the Friday night uh, before the three-game road trip, the 113-103 loss to the Wizards, I think that was rock bottom. Um, because after that, even though you lost to Milwaukee and Denver and, and Dallas, you started to see things going in the other direction as far as the offense starting to click again. But even in the Laker game, you never really felt that they were going to win the game. The Lakers had control most of the game. And then the moment for me, and as if this season is turning around for the better, and I think we're, we're starting to see that now, the moment for me, you're down eight at the end of the third quarter and with about 15 seconds left in the quarter, and C.J. McCollum hits a floater in the lane, deflects the inbounds pass right to Jose Alvarado, who makes a three and you score five points in 10 seconds, you're down three, and the building just erupted. And since that moment, we've it's the Pelicans of October, November, and December. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, but I think that everybody needed a moment like that. You know, players, staff, fans, everybody. And since then, it's just, to me, it's been the Pelicans we've seen all year long. See, now I might be captain op- optimism well, here. Well, I'd say much. general obvious. But, it's not but, captain but, obvious. But, but I am. I, I didn't feel like they were going to lose the Lakers game just because two things I thought was going to happen. One, the the dislike for the Lakers is going to keep you in the game. You just don't like them, so you're going to play them hard. And two, as poorly as the Pelicans were shooting the three, and I think I, I might have texted you Grant, at some point. You might have. I might have. <laughs> at some point, you're going to make you're going to make a three. At some point, you're going to make a couple, and you just needed a few to fall in order to beat the Lakers. Because, I mean, we saw this from the Lakers last year. They will give it to you if you hang around, okay? They will – they'll – hey, man, you sure you, want, you sure you want it? Here you go. And they'll give it to you. <laughs> so I thought if they just hung close because they disliked them and if they could just make a shot or two. And then Trey really makes a couple of big ones. And then the Lakers can't stem the tide. They can't stop it. And AD disappears in the fourth 
that's another story for another day. But I just felt like I just felt like that was a game that if it was going to be a get right game, I just felt like that was going to be the get right game. Now it took them a while to get right, but I felt like that'd be a get right game. You mentioned the three point shooting in that game. They went mm-hmm. nine of thirty. The Pelicans did. It took a little while. Trey definitely helped. He went four of nine from outside. That was the game I think that really kind of started his upward trend. He had 21 points in that game. Then the next night he goes out for 30, six and eight from three. And then, you know, last night he had 16 points, but still very effective from outside. Again, he was four of nine. What has been the the best aspect of this three game win streak? And Jim, you can start. I just think it's been getting back to the way that they played at home. I mean, if they can establish the consistency that they had earlier in the season where, like I referenced earlier, you show up at the building and you expect to win. I think that's going to be a huge factor as far as just being able to move back up the standings. We know that there's not that far for them to go to even get back into the top six, or even the top four. So, I mean, to me, that's been the biggest thing, just getting that and getting that confidence back of realizing that this is a really good team. Jim just stole my thunder. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I mean, it's conf- confidence and swagger. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's again going back to it. That's that's the team we saw the entire month of December when we were just kicking butt and taking names. I mean, you you could just feel it. You could see the body language, the guys on the team. That to me has been the best part about this streak. See, what I've liked is they defended. Um, beginning in the second half against the Lakers, they've defended, and defending is trust, is what that is. You got to rotate. You got to get out there, and you got to trust that a guy's going to cover you behind when you rotate. And they've been able to do that. You hold the Lakers to what fifty-four in the second half, and then you give up less than one ten in the next couple of games. That's hard to do in the NBA nowadays. This is an offensive league. It is not. It is not conducive or made for you to be able to stop people or slow people down. JD, I I agree with you on the defensive side, but that's been going on this entire time. I mean, you go back to the Miami game. In Miami that Sunday afternoon, we had 17 steals in the game and still lost because we couldn't put the ball in the bucket. Yeah. So uh, I think the defense has been pretty consistent. I mean, there have been some off games, mm-hmm. but but for the most part, I mean, you see guys in passing lanes, the deflections, the steals. I mean, we've been in top five deflections and steals the entire season. Uh, and again, you had a 17 steal game and lost the game. I mean, that's just that's that's going to the offensive side, and that's when you get into. That's why you got to have Brandon Ingram on the court uh, consistently because I mean we've seen now, and especially in the last two games yeah. when he has played against the Lakers, and then last night, uh, you got a healthy Brandon Ingram getting it done. I mean, it, it just changes the entire dynamic of the offense. And by the way he is seeing the court as well as we've ever seen him in a Pelicans uniform because his assist totals are way up. Yeah, well, let's go there talking about Brandon Ingram. You mentioned it. He had 30 points against the Hawks and then 35 against the Lakers. And I think after that game is when everybody was like, all right, Brandon's back. What have been, you know, you kind of started with Ingram, but John, what your thoughts on Ingram, how he's been looking over the past two games? He looks like the all-star. I mean, he looks like a guy who's a max player. He looks like a guy who, when the times get tough, you can put the ball in his hands and he either, he, either he's going to get a great shot or he's going to get a teammate a great shot, which is what he's supposed to do. Uh, he looks like B.I., which, you know, we felt like he would. Now, guy misses 29 games, misses two months. He's not just going to hit the floor running. That's, that's ridiculous to think that. 
But now that he's worked his way back in, and what did it take him, two and a half games or so mm -hmm. to kind of get his legs back, kind of get his rhythm back. And now he looks like a guy who he you can't stop him. <laughs> it mm -hmm. basically there's I don't know that there is anybody that can stop him. Now you can say that about several guys in the NBA, but you can't put a guy on him and say, okay, take him and, and shut him down. He's got too many weapons. He's too diverse offensively and you just can't shut him down. And that opens up everything for this offense because now all you got to do is make open shots because B.I. is going to get you an open shot. So now you got to do is make it. And he's not even taking threes. These are all mid-ranges. Yeah. I mean, he, he really isn't attempting many. I, I'm i never going to feel sorry for a team from Atlanta. I almost felt sorry for DeAndre Hunter last night. I almost did. <laughs> he got cooked. He got cooked. He had more fouls than points. Yeah. So yeah. and he was try he was trying his best to go one on one with Brandon Ingram and it was just a mismatch. Yeah, Bi reminded me a little bit of how he looked in the Phoenix series where it was like he's going to just have an avalanche of jumpers and mid range shots where he shoots over somebody and he basically is just like I'm going to get to my spot and there's not much you can do to stop this and I'm going to I mean the game that he had 35 points against the Lakers he had he had no threes in that game um, I think it was 15 baskets from the field so. I mean, he's just looking like the Brandon Ingram that made the All-Star game a couple of years ago. And, I mean, what incredibly good news that is for the Pelicans. And what he's not, you know, as far as the point totals, what he's making up, he's supplementing not shooting threes by getting to the free throw line. So, yeah. you know, he, he's getting his attempts, and, and that's how you can kind of get the point totals back up even though you're not making any threes. Yeah, that's he's not forcing anything. It's, it's – and economical 30 where you know you don't have to take 28 shots to get right. there and that's know? what was going on when he first came back because yeah. he wasn't in his rhythm yeah yeah and one thing you know herb jones mentioned last night that he thought that bi wasn't far from you know hitting his stride in the first couple games but just wasn't making shots so i thought that was an interesting point but i mean as you get your rhythm and as you get the feel back you know your efficiency is going to go up so i think that's part of what we've seen the last couple games too it really didn't in the scheme of things it didn't take him that long to get back to the level where he's playing especially as jd mentioned i mean he missed 29 games it's it it's hard to have patience sometimes i mean but really it didn't it was only four games or so by the time that he was like okay that's <laughs> bi again and, and now now also and i noticed this last night you know during the game against the hawks now Willie Green can change the rotations up a little bit because Ingram played basically the entire first quarter and the entire third quarter, and C.J. McCollum would play about eight minutes. Ingram would stay on the court, so you still have that guy that can get his own shot. And then when Brandon comes out the game in the second quarter, C.J. goes back in. Again, the whole thing changes when yeah. you have him out there, and uh, you're gonna have you can have a score on the floor at all times. Yeah, balances everything, makes the. Total different because now you can't just load up on a guy defensively. Now you've got to honor everything, and, and it just makes a, a world of difference on offense. Well, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, but the outside shot seems like it's come alive again for the Pelicans. We knew that that was something that they'd been struggling with, but I mean, heck, Sunday they shot 54% from outside and then nearly 40 last night. So it's not just coming from Trey Murphy, but he's been a big factor in that. I know, Jim, you were asking at shoot around yesterday, I think, about what, you know, players that spend more time in college, what is their yeah. ceiling once they get into the NBA? How much more growth can they 
can they have? Mm -hmm. But I think we've seen immense growth from Trey. He's somebody who was in college for three years, but he's come in and from year one to year two, it's been a world of difference. Yeah, it's funny how much has happened not only with the team since the beginning of his career, but also with him individually since the start of last season. It feels like so much longer than just a season and a half. I kind of feel like I have to take a step back sometimes and be like, okay, Trey's only in his second year, and he's also only 22. So to, to think about what he's done so far and how much he's improved and the progress that he's made, but also just how much better he can continue to get, I, I think he has a chance down the road to be part of All-Star Weekend, not just on Friday and, and Saturday this year, but also you know Sunday as well. I, I think he, he has that kind of upside that he could – I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I mean, the combination of skills and athleticism that he has has been really impressive. And just the way that he's played the last couple games throughout this winning streak has been incredible. J.D., I'm knocking on wood here, but we are officially on 50-40-90 watch for Trey Murphy. You love that. <laughs> you love that. I know is, you love it. He is 49. Now, this is before last night. i got to look at the updated stats. Mm-hmm. Last night he was 49-40-93. and 93. Yeah. I, I, and look – and. If he does it, if he does it, again, there's only been nine players in the history of the NBA that have done this. He would be the only player in the history of basketball to do it in college and the NBA. Wow. Well, I'm, We're on watch. When, when when you mention that a guy's a senior and people worry talk about his upside when he gets to the NBA, it just makes me want to cuss, you know, <laughs> because the – that means you're 22 years old, and they say, "Well, that's as good as he's going." 22 years old, right. or 21. That's as mm-hmm. good as he. You got to be kidding me! Mm-hmm. You think he can't polish his game more? You think he can't improve in areas? Mm-hmm. At 22, you have got to be kidding me! Mm-hmm. So when you see Trey Murphy, and now he puts the ball on the floor a little bit more, he drives a little bit more. You know, the shooting efficiency is there, as Graf just mentioned. He'll be a better defender. You know, there are so many areas where a guy can improve where he has not hit his ceiling. And people just look at him and say, well, you know, he jumps high and that's as much as he's going to be able to do. Well, that's BS. You, you, if, if he's willing to work, he's going to get better. And he is obviously willing to work. It's amazing, J.D., over all the years in the history of basketball when most of the guys played three or four years of college and then came to the NBA. Thank that you. no one ever improved. Thank you. It's, it's crazy. Like, all the years <laughs> I watched basketball, I was like, man, these guys that played three or four years in yeah. college, how come no, not one player in the NBA ever improves because they're yeah. tapped out from the – they spent so much time in college that now they're tw- they're ancient, they're gray beards yeah. at 22, 23 yeah, years Kareem old. Kareem played four years, and that bum scored 38,000 points. <laughs> I mean, he, he tapped out, obviously, at UCLA. Yeah. Imagine how many he could have scored if he had only played one year in college. <laughs> at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? 
especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Well, speaking of scoring and the scoring record, it was broken last night by LeBron James. I don't. Is it okay to mention the Lakers in that context? Hey, they lost. Yeah, <laughs> they I, did lose. I don't look. I don't mind because I'm a fan of history, and I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, and now I don't know if this is just showing how old I am or what. But I saw Kareem break the scoring record, and now LeBron. I saw Jerry Rice set the scoring record in, in the NFL. Wayne Gretzky in hockey. We saw. Baseball home run records. I don't know if you want to call it one from Barry Bonds, but, you know, I guess it is what it is. But, I mean, you know, in this lifetime, you know, Serena Williams, you know, Federer and, and you, know, no, you know, Novak Djokic, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's crazy the amount of historical things that I've seen. So I, didn't, I, didn't mind, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him do it here. Now, as long as we'd have blown the doors off of him, <laughs> then I wouldn't mind seeing him. But I, I don't mind seeing history – just to be able to say I saw this with my own eyes or I was, you know, alive at that time. No, you know, and Gus and I were talking about this post game after the Laker game because I think the it was basically a perfect type of storm. You saw LeBron, you know, everybody was there. He scored twenty seven points. You knew he wasn't gonna break the record that night. He needed sixty two yeah. points. And yeah. everybody knew they wanted him to do it at home anyway. Mm-hmm. Um they would have taken him out of if he would have had sixty, they would have taken him out of the game. <laughs> Um, but everybody got to see LeBron. The, the Pelicans won the game. It was just it was a great night. But we were just kind of, you know, I mean, it really is fantastic, the, the fact that we were able to see this guy right before he broke the record. I mean, it is historical. I'm all about history. But I think the lead got buried because if you watch that game last night, I mean, how about Oklahoma City? Yeah. I mean, think about all the pressure that they were under last night with all, the, I mean, the world is watching that game. And if you're just a neutral observer, and we definitely are not neutral observers. <laughs> Oklahoma City is better than the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, they're better. Well, that's and, almost like who in right now. Well, <laughs> I, I, now again, the way the West is, and Jim, you know this. I mean, it is so bunched up. You win three, four in a row, and you're right back in the mix. So, yeah. but again, again, buried in the lead was the fact that Oklahoma City won that game. LeBron's being celebrated as we speak on TV. I had to turn it off. Actually, I can't watch anymore. Uh, you know, tip of the cap, LeBron, congratulations. But, um, you know, as long as the Lakers keep losing, I'm good. And we got to play them again on Wednesday, remember. We're going back out to L.A. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that, Graf. Um, Let me say a nice thing first before I I go into a different territory. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's incredible to be able to play 20 years in the NBA and to still be at the level that he's at. I mean, that was the only way that the record was ever going to be broken is for someone to have that kind of – longevity combined with just not dropping off whatsoever physically or in any parts of the game. I mean, for him to still be one of the best players in the league is incredible at that age. I mean, he's going to be 40 in less than two years. Um, who knows how long he's going to be able to keep this going. But to me, my my takeaway like from watching it, and I'm the, I'm the same way as you, Todd. Like, I'm not going to – I don't want to watch any of the coverage of it. I really don't have much interest in it be, just because – 
my feelings towards the Lakers and him specifically based on what happened in 2019 are such that I feel like, you know, we've talked, I talked about this with Joe on the podcast a few weeks ago that to me, when I look back at what happened in 2019 with the Davis situation, it was like, if you told LeBron, you can have Anthony Davis on your team, but to do it, the new Orleans franchise is going to have to fold in the process. LeBron's reaction would have been like, I think Dan Bay can be good with with just 29 teams. I think 29 franchises is enough. So that's kind of my perspective of how I look at him breaking the record. It's like, you know, good for him, amazing accomplishment. But personally, I don't have any feelings of like, I want to stand up and applaud and be like, hey, great job, way to go because of what happened three or four years ago. I don't know how long the bitterness from that is going to take to subside. It might never, but that's – that's just my uh, takeaway. I was happy to see Oklahoma City won last night. And I mentioned this after the game, after that game, that, I mean, the Lakers were this close to, they were a quarter away from beating the Pelicans on Saturday, moving into a tie with them. They would have really actually been ahead because of the 2-0 season series. And now you fast forward a few days, and the Pelicans are three and a half games back ahead of the Lakers. So it went from you're almost behind them to now they have a cushion to where if the Pelicans keep playing like this. And I I mean, no one, I don't think anyone listening to this needs me to explain this, that there's also the swap rights with the the draft pick. So, I mean, that's huge. These are all, everyone would be rooting against the Lakers anyways here, but with the whole draft situation, it just adds another level of, of reasons why you you're going down that direction. See if I can jump in here for one second and jump on the petty train here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm way less, I'm way less bothered by LeBron from 2019 than I am about Anthony Davis because mm. AD was the guy who basically was led around by his nose and told what to do. And that, and that, you know, we talk about Batman and Robin situations all the time. He might be Alfred. He, he might be Teen Titan Robin or something. I mean, that's what bothers me the most is, is, is the way the guy sold himself out to, sure. you know, just to, because I mean, LeBron's been LeBron for you know what forever. So he did it in Miami. Mm-hmm. He did it when he went back to Cleveland. I mean, but for Anthony Davis to do that, that's what bothered me the most. And and he's the one that I have the least. I mean, I, if he were to last, what am I talking about? If he were to last long enough, but <laughs> but if he were to last long enough to get close to the scoring record. I'd probably throw oranges at him if I could get close <laughs> enough to. I mean, totally fair. Yeah, I mean, that that's the guy who really bothers me in that scenario. I, I just like Petty Jim. I just <laughs> I, I just the crinkle in Jim's forehead when he talks about the Lakers. I just uh, I'm I'm all about that. It, it's Petty Jim all the time. JD, I I do reserve the right down the road to be similarly venomous <laughs> towards AD when like you said that maybe there's some accomplishment down the road yeah i've got so, i've got some I, built up disgust with i just him. i just hand i'm just handling it one at a time <laughs> this happens to be the lebron specific situation so if it comes to that down the road i will add that to my list but yeah, for and, now i'm just focusing on this and i do love the fact that now all of a sudden you know people are looking at him and it's like well anthony davis is injury prone well no worry. When he was in New Orleans, you blamed it on everything. You blamed it on the water. You blamed it on the, you know. I think I I think I was blamed, blamed on, a couple times. Yeah, you blamed it, it on Ben Yeage. You blamed it on everything <laughs> but him. Now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, he's he's unavailable to play for the Lakers. No poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it when you guys get on a rant. It is a lot of fun, I will say, and this is terrible. But the one thing that has changed with LeBron, 
is his hairline. Oh, um, oh, the, oh God. The, we have 26 Whoa. games left in the regular season, guys. So what do we expect from the Pelicans to close out the year? You know, I'm going to go back to – I've gone back to this a couple times as the season has gone up and down and it's been a roller coaster. I'm back to – I think the goal should be to be in the top six and um, not be in the play-in tournament. I mean, you could make the argument that maybe – I should be shooting higher than that, and maybe they could try to be top four home court advantage. I do think that there's a couple other teams in the West that are starting to get their act together a, li- a little bit based on the return of injuries or injured players like Phoenix and the Clippers. So for now, I my my mindset is finishing the top six, not be in the playing tournament, not have to do last what they did last season where we were nail-biting and very nervous at, as we went into two consecutive games in that, that playing tournament. I pretty much can say ditto to that. I just when I came into the season, I told anybody who would listen if they can get top six, I'd be satisfied. Just not not being a play in, get top six, and, and roll the dice. As I uh, use my quote tweets on Twitter, endorsed. That is exactly the same for me. Uh, I just think you know, after the All Star break, everybody's gonna you know take a little time, and then we get on that flight from Houston to Toronto. You got the roster ready to go, and then you can make a run at the end. Because, again, we've seen when everybody's on the court, and we've only had it eight times this year, but when everybody's out there, um, it's a pretty, pretty difficult team to beat. So, yeah. I, I, And, again, you get in a playoff series, Jim, and everybody's healthy. Yeah, you want to have home court advantage. There's no doubt about it. But I don't. I, I think the Pelicans, uh, they can take their act on the road as well. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very difficult to beat a whole and healthy Pelicans roster four teams in a playoff four times in a playoff series no matter who it may be. Yeah, I think beyond the standings you're you're right. I mean, to one of the goals could be in the last 23 games after the All-Star break is just to show, well, for one to get as many games as you possibly can with 100% the the starting lineup that we expected going into the season. They've only had 10. So I mean, hopefully they can get that number up maybe into the 20s by the end of the regular season. And I think if they can do that, I mean, going into the playoffs, it would be very beneficial for that group of five guys to have so much more time together and just to be able to show and kind of be a threatening presence to some of the other teams in the West to say, okay, we don't want to play them in the first round of the playoffs because now that they're at full strength, that they're a very frightening proposition. And think about it, too. Zion and Dyson are not playing right now. This is literally the exact same team we had at the end of last year that made a run to get into the Mm. play-in. I mean, the exact same team that made the run to the play-in and the playoffs. So, you know this group can do it. Then you add Zion and Dyson. It's You take a step up. A big step up. Well, actually, on this day, exactly a year ago, is when we welcomed CJ McCollum Uh. and Larry Nance Jr. to the Pelican squad, and they have been an amazing addition. Jim, you pulled Larry aside the other day. I, I think you're working on a story that fans are definitely going to love. You want to <laughs> tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah, I'm writing something about his post-game recaps that have been so <laughs> so entertaining. Much better than my post-game recaps. I have to admit that. I'll say that on the show. And I think people very much, including myself, missed his post-game recaps because he only does them after wins. So that stretch of, of uh, a bunch of losses was tough. But it's been great to see him back on board and with the last three games 
And uh, it was just, it, I mean, it's always fun talking to him, but it was just hilarious listening to his explanations and his background for how he comes up with them. So hopefully I'll be putting that together sometime soon. CJ's been a, a great leader, and Larry has definitely done an amazing job with the second unit, but also his interactions with the fans, his use of social media has been a lot of fun to follow. Before I let you guys go, just real quick, maybe a word or two on what those two players have meant to this team. I mean, again, you had basically not just trying not to, you know, be disrespectful or anything, but you added a couple of grown-ups to the room mm -hmm. when those guys came in last year. I mean, it, it, that's that's really as simply as I can put it. You added leadership, maturity, the whole deal, and all of those younger guys really look up to those guys, and I think it really kind of jump-started them to where they became at the end of the year and now where we are right right here in this season. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like we knew what we were getting with CJ because, you know, he's got an established track record. You know, you know you're know, you going to get 20 a game out of him. That's why, you know, as soon as he came, I certified bucket getter. This guy's going to get your bucket. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what Larry Nance Jr. would mean to this team. I had no idea. I did not know how smart he was as a basketball player. I didn't know how mature he was. I didn't know how, how much of a leader he was. Just things you don't know. And you see him now, and it's like you can probably count on one hand the number of mental or physical errors that Larry makes over the course of five games. He just does stuff right, and he knows how to do it. And, you know, that's something I, I, I had no idea, just had no idea. There's a bunch of things to celebrate today, the three-game winning streak, the fact that the Thunder won last night. Um, that's a year anniversary. I didn't even realize that that's a year anniversary of that trade. And it's funny because I think back on it. I was a massive optimist and supporter of that trade. In fact, Antonio Daniels made fun of me, I think, a couple times the day of that trade when we were in the arena because he was like, every time I see you, you have a huge smile on your face. Like, you're the happiest person I've ever seen. But even with um, all of the optimism and excitement that I had for the trade, I feel like I underestimated, and a lot of other people did as well, just how perfect the fit of those two guys would be. I mean, CJ was, to me, exactly what they needed in the starting lineup. And Larry Nance um, on the court as well has been just perfect. I mean, they, they needed more versatility from the backup center. I mean, he's been able to bug into so many lineups and do such a good job. He's been a plus-minus monster lately. I, I saw NBA.com. They have a, a column where the power rankings column, they list the guy who has the best power plus minus in the league and the worst over this previous week. And Larry Nance was number one in the league. So, I mean, just as an example of just the presence that he's had. So just overall, I think the fit basketball wise has been so perfect. People talked about Larry Nance is like, yeah, you know, it was cool. They got him too, but it's turned out to be such a huge addition <laughs> and so valuable. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun having them on the team. You can see the impact that they've had on the court and then off the court with just bringing along this young group. It's been, it's been huge. I appreciate Jim Eichenhofer, John DeShazer, Todd Graffinini for joining me in place of Joe Cardosi. Again, best wishes. I don't know if he's still laughing, if he's lost his voice because of that. I, I don't know. But maybe even last night just did him in. Yeah. With I, the Lakers, you know, yeah. but they lost. I, I want to say, Joe, I hope you get better. I hope you feel better. But I think we did him proud today with how much, uh, you know, maybe specifically for myself, <laughs> how much venom we had towards the Lakers. 
I, I can't I can't fill your shoes completely, Joe, but I did the best I could as far as what what kind of uh, you know negativity I directed towards the West Coast today. Hey, all positivity over here though with the Pelicans. Love the three game win streak. We're gonna hopefully keep it going Friday night, nine o'clock against the Cavs at the SKC. There will be another Pelicans podcast Friday before that game. So as always, tune in on Pelicans.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.